Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We're back for part three, Ryan Drake. It's that time of year again, baby. That was incredible. I watched you go, are you ready? And I said, yeah. Then you just pushed one button and you started talking. <laughs> that was Listen, wild. when you're on, you're on, baby. Man. Yeah, that's such a pro setup. It here. takes five years. It, yeah, takes, I, it takes an hour for us <laughs> to start recording Cohen. So we have to talk. We have to pregame. We have to clap. You're just like, are you ready? Yeah, boom. We're go- here we that's are. That's a consummate professional. Wow. I listened I listen a little bit back to my first episode I did with Mike because I was looking for something that we talked about. Mike Allen? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man. Those are tough. Like I would I'd never done a show before. I was like, uh, Mike, uh, let's uh, talk about uh, anime. Uh, <laughs> it's, this uh, is a scam. I got to scrub all that shit. You've heard me talk on Cohen's about how good they are whenever they're hosting events. Yeah. Like hosting is a skill. Dude, and it really is. It's not easy. And it really is. For like, the, It's so unrealistic on that show for these <laughs> 17-year-olds to be like fashion event, like million-dollar fundraiser MCs. Right. Yeah. God. It's a skill. You have it. You've got it, Harold. <laughs> Some people got it. Some people don't. Well, I, uh, I do love this continued trend of doing, uh, you know, starting the year off right with Mr. Ryan Drake. Yeah, thank you. Um, also, I love the way I sound on your show. You sound good. I sound incredible on your show. <laughs> I, I've never sounded this good on my own show. I said You made me sound incredible. That's just how You're I do it. You're doing a lot yeah. for me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> also, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy I turned this into a trend. Um, because I, I love the studio space. I love hanging out with you and I think you're the best person in the world. So I'm Jesus glad to be Christ, here. you're going to make me cry on my own show now. Yeah. I tell people, I'm at any time you see me, I'm on the verge of tears for sure. I'm an emotional guy. <laughs> That's just how I am. <laughs> Shout out to death camp for cutie. <laughs> I made me snort. Um, nah, man, this is, uh, we added a little bit of a thing this year that I honestly, I was like, man, why didn't we talk about the Grammys before? Like that would have been such loved, a no-brainer. I would thing have to loved do. to do that, but I also didn't want to come on your show and tell you what to do. So I'm oh, glad yeah. that you. But three years later, <laughs> you, you caught on. You like it, it led me. You could lead a horse to water. Yeah. Uh, actually, I just saw a thing today when I was searching it that um, they may be either postponing, postponing it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, dang. We'll see. I I I maybe I have this whole. Th- I mean, we can talk. We can talk about COVID a little bit just because it's the you know 2021 more COVID. Am I right? Junior um, year of COVID. Yeah, we're entering our junior year. I heard someone <laughs> say that today. Uh, yeah, I, it seems to me I had COVID actually a couple weeks ago. Oh man, yeah, yeah. For the f- maybe the first time, maybe the second time, Shit. I don't actually know. Um, but I do. Fi- I looked at the graphs of like where we were a year ago versus where we are right now, and it's exactly the same. Oh like my it's the gosh. exact same trend lines. But a year ago, we fell off hard in the middle of Jan in the middle of January or into February. It started falling hard and steep through the wow. spring. Remember, last spring was like a whole new world, right? Right. Um, when that, where everybody started going back out, the the vaccine and everything. Yeah, that's actually a thing that I was gonna bring up here because we're doing like a little bit of a twenty twenty one, a little bit in review, and I was like, it feels so separated between twenty five percent of the year was like pre vaccine. And then the other 75% was post-vaccine. And it feels like two t- totally it really different does. worlds, right? Like it that- feels like 2020 feels like it was actually like five years ago to me. Oh, yeah. Because I was like sure. listening or I was looking back at something and I was like, wait, that was 2020? Like, yeah. I thought that was 20 years ago. Like, yeah. dude, it's been crazy for sure. But, yeah, we did talk about that because we were talking about one thing that you'd mentioned on our last episode uh, or last year's episode was what's going to happen when the vaccines roll out mm-hmm. in regards to – um, festivals, music festivals. Oh, Do you remember my, that? Was this my good prediction? Well, it, you were. You said you wondered if Coachella and Bonnaroo would happen. Yeah. 
They did not. And they did not. Well, Coachella didn't happen because it was scheduled, I think, in the spring, and it was too early. Bonnaroo. That was like an 11th hour canceling. What? And at Bonnaroo, wasn't it? It was it like was the- heartbreaking. Ooh, I, you were the first person I thought of oh, when I saw that. Oh, but it didn't get canceled for COVID reasons. That's the thing. It got yeah, canceled what was it? for the hurricane. That's what it was. There was a hurricane. Don't forget there was a hurricane, the big hurricane that ripped through this, the, like Texas and Louisiana last year. Freaking act of God. And it just dumped all this water on the Bonnaroo farm. And they canceled it the day before, I think, the day before it was supposed to start. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they canceled it. But it wasn't for COVID reasons, which is That's right. kind of weird. Because my buddy was supposed to go to... Something else that was in Atlanta, and yeah. I think it kind of that they kind of cut some of the storms and everything. But um, um, Lollapalooza happened in July, which was like kind of it was like I think it was literally the last day of July it started when when Limp Biscuit played that big set. Oh my god! And their big comeback, <laughs> the year of Limp Biscuit, baby. They had set up like Limp Biscuit was set up in the in the summer to dominate the rest of the year because that that show they did at Lollapalooza got so much traction. Dude, People yes. were fucking hyped about Limp, Limp Biscuit. Biscuit is back baby I know I couldn't believe it and I watched the set I watched it live and I was like oh this is this is fun like this is a good time and if they ever come here I'll, I'll go see them and then they immediately um right after that they like canceled most of their stuff because right. of COVID. they're like oh and they were supposed to they're supposed to be at Rocklahoma Rocklahoma yeah they're yeah. gonna headline I remember because it wasn't Bo hadn't he Bo, gotten tickets Bo went to Rocklahoma I yeah. think mostly to see Limp Biscuit, but they canceled like a couple weeks before dude I would have been butthurt for sure but yeah Lollapalooza happened in July ACL happened I did go to ACL in October um so those festivals happened but I I felt like Coachella was a little too early in the year to to make it work to make it work uh one thing you said was that you thought streaming would be taking over the movie theater game did I say that? Was that my good? Was that my good you prediction? You did. You had several. I mean, wow. let's just let's just get that out. I don't think that was way. a bold prediction to say that, by the way. But you, I didn't. I really don't know if we knew how how uh, big that would be. Things like the Matrix, because I don't think anyone would have seen the WB deal coming. I don't know that that had happened then. It hadn't. Because everything Warner Brothers mm. is owned by HBO, right? So that mm. everything that is coming out this Warner Brothers will always release concurrently on HBO. And I think that was a big thing that a lot of people maybe didn't see coming. I mean, you couldn't have seen that coming. Uh, no. Also, I'm, I mean, I'm not much of a movie person, but I do feel like there were a ton of movies that were direct. Like, the biggest movies of the year were either exclusively made for platforms like Netflix or were released alongside um, whatever theaters they were playing in. Um, but then there's also the one movie that I really want to see that I haven't seen yet because it's only been in theaters this whole time is Ghostbusters. And if it's coming, oh. like, it's coming like next week. I think it's coming. No, it's, it's coming this week. Oh, really? It's finally coming nice. to On Demand this week. We're recording this in early January, but uh, yeah, finally, I'll finally get to watch it. Yeah, it was really good. I, I was able to watch that. I think we watched that on Thanksgiving, if I remember right. Okay, in the theater, obviously. Um, yeah, I went to the movie theater a couple times. I saw uh, French Dispatch. Did not like it. Dude, I've, everyone I've talked to has been disappointed about that. Didn't love it. Uh, I saw House of Gucci. I really enjoyed it. And then I saw, we saw Sing 2 on Christmas, and I fucking <laughs> loved it. Sing 2, give it all the Academy Awards. I loved it. Did not watch The Matrix. Don't care for The Matrix. Oh, shit. I, you know what I will say? It's on my list of things to talk about. We're going to talk about movies real fast. I'm not a movies person, really. I'm especially not a comic book movies person. Oh, okay. Like Marvel and all that? Well, Marvel specifically. I've seen, I think, two Marvel movies in my life when they first came out in, like, 2008. I think I saw the first Captain America. Iron Man, first maybe? Iron Man, yeah. Yeah. I may have seen the first Avengers, but anyway, I fell off after that. Marvel's not my thing. <laughs> um, but the, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. And I'm so excited, irrationally excited for the new Batman. 
Oh, yeah, Robert Pattinson. Pat, our Pats and Zoe Kravitz sign me up. I'm, I'm like, so excited. And it's a DC thing, and I know it'll probably suck. It's probably going to suck. I'm going to check it out. He gets, you know, he gets a real bad rap, but he is a great actor. Dude, okay. He First of all, I live in a very Robert Pattinson positive household. <laughs> As for me and my household. Bo and our roommate Tom, like, love Robert Pattinson. Um and I'm very excited. I mean, I've I've really only seen him in a handful of things, but I am very excited about Batman. One of the things I did see him in just a couple weeks ago that I'd never seen, because that guy, I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name. Don't get mad at me. Some dude who has a new movie coming out that's all like looks like Vikingy and stuff. Um, you know, our friend Dylan was like freaking out about it on Twitter. Um, oh yeah, is it Eggers is that somebody? Dave Eggers. It wasn't. Ugh. Man, I can't think of it. Anyway. I went, one of my friends told me, like, well, you'll, I was like, should I be excited? Because this looks lame. I don't like this. This looks lame. He, there's a trailer for a new movie that looks like Lord of the Rings mixed with, like, Mad Max, which sounds great, actually, when I say that out loud. <laughs> you sold yourself on that uh, as you were saying yeah, it. Yeah, but then I was like, I, I asked one of my friends, I was like, this looks lame. Why is everyone so excited about this? He's like, well, watch one of his older movies and you'll get it. And so I watched this movie called The Lighthouse. Oh, my God. With Robert Pattinson <laughs> and Willem Dafoe. Yeah. That movie ruled. That movie is that wild. That movie was wild. Yeah, that was eight twenty four. I think took me for a ride. But Robert Pattinson fucking killed it. Yeah. I was, I, and then right after that, the new Batman trailer came out, and I was like, "Sign me all the way up for this. I'm so in." He has been in. Yeah, he was in another movie where he had to like, I can't remember the name of it, but he has to get his brother, and he has to, he's like breaks into a hospital to get him at one point. But his just like his accent, his accent game is on point for sure. He's great. Like, he's a great actor. He's and a I'm chameleon. Excited. And I love Zoe Kravitz. Oh, my God. Yeah, my, uh, Madison loves um, Robert Pattinson. She loves Twilight and all that. So she had yeah. no idea that he was playing Batman until we saw the preview at uh, No Way Home, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. She was like, Robert Pattinson's going to play Batman. <laughs> She's like, I will actually go see this. Hell, yeah. See? I was like, listen. So see, they're reaching this new audience of people it's who true. just love I mean, I'm just into the idea of him doing like a press tour, right? <laughs> and him and Zoe together. Yeah. And it's like the movie's kind of secondary, but like I'm also there for it. Um, I I love it, and I can't wait for it. Invested in the people. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. What else did we talk about? You said the Killers are the best band of my generation. <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> I told uh, I was telling I think I was telling Luke or somebody that I was talking to you. I was like. I hope this isn't like too gotcha journalism y. Like, no, <laughs> did I, you or did you not say? <laughs> Killers were in my list of like um, top artists. Top artists yeah. this year. So, like, yeah, no, I still love, I still think the Killers have just been consistently, I mean, we talked about this a year ago. They've been consistently great for since 2003, I think, since we first saw them on the OC. That's why it could be traced back to that. It's because they were that's on the, the first, OC. I think that's the first time I'd ever heard Mr. Brightside. I do, yeah. Was think, on the OC. And they played, um, Smile like you mean it too, in the yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on the OC soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we talk about the same four things every time. That's okay. Killers <laughs> <laughs> in the OC. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two is still relevant. Yeah. Oh my God, that's on my list of things to talk about. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. Um, so the, yeah, we have, I like that we have back and forth list here. We've already got, we've already covered we've already covered Batman. Uh, no, Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> I just think has had uh, the idea of Blink One Eighty Two being Mark, Tom, and Travis. Skiba, actually, I haven't seen or heard. No one's seen or heard from Skiba since COVID started, basically. Um, do you know Blink-182 made a COVID song called Quarantine last year, early in the pandemic? And they even made a music video for it, and Skiba was not in the video. I think his voice was on the track, but, like, no one knows what's going on huh. with Skiba. He's just kind of AWOL right Being now. Being a recluse. I think that he's, and I think he's going to be doing more stuff with Alkaline Trio. Um, anyway, 
just the Mark, Tom, and Travis, the year and a half or so that they've had, going back to when Tom like proved that UFOs exist, which was his <laughs> own insane thing, <laughs> that he left Blink One Eighty Two to you know study aliens, and everyone, myself included, just dunked on him like you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you, come on, what are you doing? Listen, bro, you're taking this angels and airwaves things a little too far. He's always been. I mean, he's always been an aliens <laughs> guy. He wrote Aliens Exist. That's one of their biggest songs, but. Um, when he did that, everyone just kind of made fun of him and shit on him all over social media. And then he, like, kind of did it, which was wild. Like, he started, he created this, like, group of people, or I don't really, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's called To The Stars Academy. Um, I think it's just, like, a collective of scientists. And they somehow got the government to release all the video footage they had last year of, like, aliens, of, like, actual aliens. They, they the government put out, like, you know, press releases, tweets, all these things that were like, we're pretty sure these are aliens. So here's the video. You decide. Shit. Like shit that they don't even know, but like to get them to admit that at all and to release the videos was like pretty wild, especially the fact that no one seemed to care about it when it did happen <laughs> because we were deep in COVID. No one gave a fuck <laughs> that they were like, oh, by the way, aliens are real. Um, but those videos are out there now. And Tom like did it. Tom did that. And I was like, what a what a weird thing for him to do. That is very strange. It was very out of left field, it seemed like. Yeah. But then, and then this year, one of the things that I feel like, I have a list of things that, like, we forgot happened in 2021. Um, I didn't forget about this. It just seems like way longer than it, than it probably was. But, like, Mark announcing that he had cancer. Yeah. Man, that As was a, such like, a bummer. It was a huge bummer. Mark is my number one guy. Mark is my guy in Blink-182. Um, I've always just loved him the most. And so for that to, to happen was super bad. Um, it's a big bummer. And now he uh, he's like already beat it. <laughs> like he's already he's already cancer free. Um, but like that was a, such a big news story when it happened. Like every website was writing about it. And then Travis <laughs> doing Travis stuff. Travis had the weirdest year maybe of anyone. He's trying to single handedly save pop punk with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. He is now a part of every rapper turned pop punker in the world. Like he's working with Kenny Hoopla. He's working with, I think both Jaden's Jaden Smith and Jaden Hosler. He's working with Willow Smith. Transparency was one of my favorite songs of the year. And uh, yeah, like, like you said, MGK, like the, just that part of it, just the music side of it is so wild to me to see that Travis Barker from my favorite band growing up as a child is like, a pioneer in the music industry. Oh, he right like now. has carved out his space, man, and has like owned it for like all these years. Yeah, and like everyone wants to work with him. Yeah, like he's become one of the biggest names in music on like the production side of things. Um, so that is just crazy to me. Also, thinking back on it, like he, we talked a lot about this on the Cohen's Holiday Special, but um, he tried to do this like ten years ago. He, like 10 years ago, I remember he released an album. I think it was called Can the Drummer Get Some? And it was just him drumming with a lot of, like, rappers. He did, like, uh, Soldier Boy, didn't it? Was it th wasn't that on that album? I think so. Crank that with the his uh, drum I would, remix? I would absolutely believe that. Yeah. But he made an album of just him drumming and collaborating with a bunch of big rappers that no one gave a fuck about because it was, you know, 2011. Oh, shit. We were all busy listening to Katy Perry. <laughs> I think you're right because, you know what, I think that that, song that version of that song that he did uh -huh. was used in that movie never back down and you remember who was in that movie no gidget what yeah <laughs> no yeah uh, full circle i'm, I'm the pretty hottest, sure the hottest man in america he, <laughs> <laughs> he 
he like walks out. There's like a fight, you know, fighters have like a walkout music. Mm -hmm. At one point in the movie, he walks out to that crank that soldier boy. And I'm pretty sure it's that Travis Barker remix. And like, um, somebody walks out to that, like while Gidget's like Gidget's in that movie. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Full circle, full baby. Circle. Yeah, I was gonna say the that. world revolves around the OC. Don't don't ever forget it. One hundred percent. Yes. Actually, the <laughs> me, there's a meme popping off right now that just I just thought I've seen it a couple times now of the OC from it's like the scene where um, Summer asks Marissa, uh, "Do you remember that? Do you remember the movie the boys made us go see about the gay about the gay guys on the mountain?" <laughs> it was Lord of the and Rings. And Marissa says, "Yeah, Lord of the Rings." I've seen that on th like three different meme accounts in the last couple of days. <laughs> I'm just saying, look out! It could be the new Star Wars meme. Um, <laughs> but so to have Travis doing all of that is incredible. And then on top of all of that, he's about to marry into the most well-known family in the world. He's about to be a Kardashian. He's going to be a Kardashian. And it's just in insane to think that my favorite band growing up, he was like a member of this little thing that I loved. And now he's about to become a Kardashian and they're going to rule the world. And I feel what? like they're going to make it. And I love watching Scott Disick <laughs> be sad about it and squirm. It's wonderful. It's all good stuff on that on that side of things. What an insane life that guy has lived. I mean, started this band, did all this crazy stuff, saw the world, was it, survived a plane crash. That plane crash. Like, that's insane. And he's only recently started flying again, right? Like, Yeah. He God. just this year, or last year, I guess, 2021, started flying on airplanes again for the first time in like over 10 years. All right, what else did you say here? I want to say that I got this note right when I was listening to it. I should have gone back and confirmed, but Folklore, Taylor's mm. best album. Oh, yeah. Do you remember saying that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I still Well, she that. released two albums, so I couldn't remember which one you said was the better one. Folklore is, to me, the much better one. It's going to tie into our Grammys chat in a little bit because Evermore is nominated for Album of the Year. Yes. Yeah, I still think Folklore is Taylor Swift's best album, though, for sure. That stands? Mm-hmm. I do have some Taylor Swift thoughts from 2021. Um, and we talked a little bit about this again on the Cohen's pod holiday show. But I do think that Taylor Swift has just reached. If, if you go back to the, when COVID started, a little bit before COVID, I want to say within within six months before COVID, she released Lover, which was my favorite Taylor album at the time. So I kind of count that a little bit, you know, as like a COVID album almost. Um, but. She's released now one, two, three, four, five albums since COVID. <laughs> Lover, Evermore, um, Folklore, and then the two real releases of. Uh, was Red one of them? Red and uh, whatever the other one was. It's, I can't it's, remember it's, the other one. my head now. But I was just going to say that uh, she's reached a new peak. Like she keeps, she just keeps, she was the, she was arguably the biggest music star in the world five years ago. Um, she, I would say she definitely was when like Shake It Off was coming out in 2014. Um, but she somehow reached a new peak whenever she released those two albums, Folklore and Evermore. And somehow she's done it again by releasing her old music. <laughs> and again, this was a thing that I kind of like Tom DeLong, where I heard she was doing it. And I think the reasons behind her doing it are great and they're valid. And I support that completely about this, the whole Sue DeBron debacle. But just when I heard she was going to re-record it, I was like, this is not a good look. This seems petty. This seems like kind of cringe. You know what I mean? And I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> I could not have been more wrong <laughs> by, she a, immediately by a redeemed billion herself. times. <laughs> she is 
destroying. She's re- literally reshaping the music industry that Travis Barker's a big part of. Um, <laughs> but she's literally like dismantling the music industry and in, like in a way that makes it like more for artists. And it's just insane to me that Taylor Swift is the one that's like stepped up and said, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this work better for everybody because I'm gonna stand up and say like this is my shit and I want it to be my shit." Um, but she's, she to me has reached this new level of like musical, like God. Like she's invincible. She cannot be touched. She is a genius. Shout out to Taylor Swift. What a what a mind. <laughs> she actually seems genuinely hilarious too. She just seems like she'd be mm-hmm. fun to hang out with. Oh, she'd be a gr- she'd be a great hang, not as good as Adele, but I still think she'd be a great <laughs> Adele's hang. Adele's crazy as hell. Um, yeah, I uh, I do remember talking about that. I do remember those albums coming out. JoJo did something similar to that. JoJo. JoJo re released. Um, <laughs> Wait, JoJo JoJo leave get out JoJo. Yeah. Okay. She re she re released her out al- uh, two of her albums, I believe. But did she re record them. I think she did. Yeah, because it was so Dashboard uh, did some of that. Did right? they? Yeah, Chris Crowder re-released this year, like a oh. ten-year or 50, twenty-year anniversary. That's right. But like, and and like, I think that um, Ali and AJ released like their breakup, the potential breakup song with like with they said "fuck" in the new version <laughs> that came out last year. I think. But so a lot of artists, I think, are kind of cashing in on that nostalgia. But Taylor Swift is doing it for very different reasons. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say if you know what went on with JoJo, why she never popped off like people thought she would have is because she really got fucked over by like the label mm. which i think is why she re-released those albums something similar to taylor swift a little bit so i didn't know that that's interesting good yeah. for jojo I yeah mean, she's I'm awesome good for her man like i'm glad that worked out and if you want to talk about people that were held down for too long probably one of the <laughs> maybe my favorite story of all of 2021 is the britney spears oh my fight. god yes britney spears glad to have you back Release an album, please. Actually, don't. If you don't want to, don't. But I hope you do. <laughs> you know what was really cool about that is that I worked with this girl, um, Megan Radford, years and years ago at my first agency job out of college. And um, I remember back then she was like, she was obsessed with Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just always like, oh, okay, that's like her thing or whatever. And I didn't know anything about like the conservatorship and all that. And she was like mm-hmm. telling me about that back then in like 2016 or something and she ended up being like one of the forefront people in the free britney thing like she's in the documentary that they did and she appeared on cnn to talk about it and shit i'm like holy crap this is crazy that this person i know was like really involved with it yeah you should should talk to her i should i I didn't i've never even thought of that let me talk to her I have a lot of questions. All right. Um, but again, this I feel like there's a theme developing here. I've been in the same vein as Tom DeLonge's going to find you. <laughs> Taylor's going to re-record her music. Like, when I first saw, like, the 20, whatever, 15, 16, like, Tumblr posts that were, like, all caps, pink font, Britney Spears is being held against her will. I was like, this is some crazy out there shit, right? Like, yeah. this is wild that people exist that believe this. They were right. They were totally right. I was 100% wrong. Ooh. They nailed it. Well, you don't know, man. Yeah. Like, there's been people have said crazy shit all the time. Like, it's hard to know, like, what's actually happening. Like, what's real? You know, Avril Lavigne's actually a clone and <laughs> Paul McCartney. Yeah. All that shit. And you're like, okay, this is wacky. But I, sometimes I it mean, pans out like that shit. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I fully, I mean, it's not that I, I didn't give it enough thought to be like, this is clearly a lie <laughs> and fake. I just thought, this is crazy. Right. 
that people are thinking it's like this. crackpot type of thing. And then I started seeing it more and more over the years. And then finally last year and this year it really popped off. And I was like, oh, this is 100% right. Like, that's <laughs> wild. Again, I was wrong. Believe women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else? We, oh, can't not mention this. Cannons will be massive. Oh, man. Okay. You know what? They're not all winners. <laughs> can't all be winners. I will, I will say that that was like, it kind of ends up being like a recency thing because you mentioned them. Mm-hmm. And I see, I feel like throughout the year, I would see them pop up. Like they did like a Instagram live thing that was like pretty big. They got featured in a couple articles and I'm like, fuck. Kendall, like, Jenner, Kendall Jenner made a whole thing on her Instagram right. with some of their songs. Cannons is a band that I still love and I want them to be successful. And I think they will be. Um, not that they're not. Not that they, I mean, they had, well, a fi- they had a very normal, fine, good year. Right. I just thought they were going to blast off into the stratosphere um, because they should. They deserve to. They're great. Um, but, but it's also like COVID times and they are only just now starting to be able to tour and like go actually play in front of people. Um, I still think they're going to be a very big band and I want to see them live so bad. Um, but yeah, Cannons and also be, same with Beba Doobie. Like they're just, Beba you know, Doobie. they're just, you know, they're out there, they're hanging around, they're waiting for their moment. I have my, in 10 years when Cannons is massive, I'll say I, <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't wrong. I was just early. <laughs> You're like the free Britney of, uh, of this time. Yeah, I'm never gonna say. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm wrong anymore. I'm just gonna say like, you know what? I was just too early. It's not happened yet. Yeah, it's, it's not come to fruition. And you're like 50 years from now, like, what about Kansas? They broke up 49 <laughs> years ago. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just wait, dude. They're the next one's up. I'm telling you. Uh, in okay, I remember in 2020, your your birthday versus last year. Wait, was was a little bit different. We talked about what you do for your birthday to celebrate. <laughs> I do feel like I'm being interrogated now. Uh, what did I do for my birthday? Oh, oh, Went through a huge oh, party, bro. Last year, the 2020 birthday was was yeah, that was dangerous. That was not a good idea, but we did it. And then this year, I just I mean, this year I got back. I got back to throwing speakeasy parties again. Um, we've been doing them every month since June, I think. Um, so I got to throw my own birthday party this year and you were there yep. and you, uh, it was a good one. That August party we did was great. So the most parties have been up and down throughout the year, I think for obvious reasons. Um, but the August one was really good. That's my birthday. That's party. good turnout. I, yeah, no, I had a great time. You mentioned wanting to do that. Um, that you said you really hope that you were going to be able to throw a party on your birthday, uh, 2021. And I you did. I'm, I'm hoping I'm able to throw a party on my birthday. And you did too, because God, <laughs> who knows at this point. Dude, I know. Yeah. Who knows what variant, what flavor of COVID will be on by then. <laughs> I think that's all I had on my notes. Oh, no, we did talk about, and I actually did end up reading about this a little bit more oh. last year. Okay. It was attachment styles. Oh, okay. And so I did talk to about, I talked to my therapist about it a little bit. Really? And, uh, yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, she's, she doesn't um, <laughs> talk about that too much. Like, she doesn't specialize in it. She uh-huh. knows about it. Um. But yeah, and then it came up at work. Um, a buddy of mine is actually reading a, a book about it, and so I was going to try to read that book. Um, but it's like literally it's called it's all Attached. About, yeah, the name of the book. Yeah, yeah, that's like the book. I read that book like um, a year or two. Ago. So I was thinking about picking that up and reading it. But yeah, that the, uh, that was kind of cool that that ended up coming up later. Yeah, no. Um, after we talked about it, that, my friend uh, was reading that book. It can really, it can really tell you a lot about yourself based on. I mean, just as much as like your people believe, like your astrology sign or your enneagram. I think attachment style is right up there with that stuff as far as what how you act in relationships. And once you figure out 
what you are and you see it on paper and you're like, oh, I do do this. Oh my God, I do this too. Oh my God, I think this too. It's like, oh, now it's a lot easier to like make those changes, right? Um, and I don't know, and I try to like specify, there's no wrong attachment style. Everyone is, everyone has their own thing. None of it's right or wrong. There is like, you know, specific things you should probably want to be more like, but you know, do, do you? Well, it's like the big thing about that was just mental health in general, I think. And I did find myself being at a better place in 2021 versus 2020. I mean, I was able to be around people. Like, that was such a big, like, hit to me in 2020, not being able to be around people. Like, that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, a really big change in 2021 that I think was helpful for me for my mental health and everything. Also, we had, like, nine months of pandemic life under our belts already when we right. came into 2021. So, like, even going into the beginning of 2021 was, like I said, a whole different world from the rest of, of the year. Like, that COVID, it feels like the COVID year is from March to March, basically. Dude, right? yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, no, I it's – it going to a music festival, going to ACL in October was just kind of mind-blowing a little bit. Because you're like, oh, there's 80,000 people here. And I didn't, and I didn't get COVID Ooh. at ACL. <laughs> Did it make you nervous? Uh – not really, no. I think I, if you're going to go to ACL you, and, if you, and be nervous about COVID, you shouldn't go to ACL, right? Well, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I didn't know if it was like one of those, you get there and you're like, Ugh. No, uh, my birthday party in 2020 made me nervous, <laughs> but I'm... <laughs> I do remember you saying that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad that you were able to kind of, what would you say, fill your cup up a little bit more and have these social interactions. And you've, I mean, I feel like we have all figured out how to, for the most part, socialize in a pandemic, right? Again, everyone's getting COVID now. I just had it three weeks ago. Um, but uh, we're figuring it out and we're making this, we're doing the right things and we're taking the steps we need to take. So it's, it is kind of cool to see how much that has evolved. Like I, the studio that we're in right now is great. The fact that we do our podcast from our houses is not something I would have ever considered doing before COVID. And I even watch like, I mean, I watch sports all the time. I watch a lot of ESPN and to see where, those because like once COVID started, they had to shut down Sports Center, right? Right. So everyone's doing it like basically from their house. Every reporter that was like living rooms and stuff in the background. Like, yeah, no, it's just like a dude <laughs> on his iPhone trying to give a report about something, and to see how that's evolved into everyone having like full on studios now, basically that they can broadcast from at their house. I think that's really cool. I think we've we've done a good job at navigating this and figuring it out. Oh yeah, I mean whoever. Whoever invested in Zoom is like a gazillionaire now, of course. Man, I'm so mad I didn't do that. <laughs> I did start to invest in some things like airlines and like cruise ships. Oh shit! Okay, we're getting year. into the we're getting into the the uh, financial hour here. <laughs> no, 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 I promise I'm not. This well, because you remember is. you talked about your Facebook stock and stuff last year. I still have it. <laughs> uh, don't sell. Don't. I'm sell. not selling it. Meta, baby. I'm all in. Um. No, I I remember. I got it. I got. I did get a little bit into crypto this year, which is like a, such a douchey thing to say. <laughs> I know how that sounds. Trust me, I know how that sounds. I don't understand it. I don't know how it works. I don't know what an NFT is. I have no idea. I know that I have a wallet that I can barely function, that I barely know how to use <laughs> on my phone, but it does work. And uh, I did get a little into crypto this year, and like so some of the stocks that we talked. So we talked. Okay, one of the things that actually I was going to talk about that happened in 2021 that you just go fuck that was this year was the GameStop thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just feel like that time period was such a big Hold moment. Hold the line. was such a big moment for people who were like, oh, 
I could do this, right? Like, are you going to just throw some money at a thing and you'll make a lot more money, right? Um, and I just feel like for the first half of this year or last year, so many people were, like, randomly starting to become, like, investment professionals. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, everyone you knew. My, I mean, I it, but I, it was me getting into crypto, too. It was, like, armchair economists. It really was. So many. And it, I mean, but they also, it, there's, like, a cultish side to that stuff. Oh, people, for sure. Like, people like, like well, we're, I mean, we're apes. Like, we it's the full thing. sin, people, like, that they, yeah. they inv- like, that's their thing. They're waiting for this, like, massive thing that's probably never going to happen. Right. But... Um, you once you kind of dabble in that a little bit because I did. I got into Dogecoin. Remember, I was t- oh, texting yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, I got into Dogecoin that. when it started popping <laughs> off in January. Because you were telling me get Doge, bro. <laughs> I turned my twenty dollar free stock on Robinhood into like a thousand dollars just in Dogecoin. <laughs> but then I took that and was able to kind of disperse it amongst uh, like different stocks and different diversify your portfolio. Yeah, and like I stayed away for the most part. I did actually hop on AMC when it popped off, which was just a, a luck. Um, and it's not something I can't hold on to any of that stuff. It seems like so volatile. It's like oh, I don't Dude, want yeah. so one person's <laughs> going to tweet something and suddenly I'm going to lose a million dollars or something. Freaking Elon Musk. Yeah. Um. So, I, but I did start investing in like real actual stocks um there's been some good i invested in snapchat finally and it was oh. really going really well for me until about a month ago oh shit we talked i feel like this is the you, third or fourth year in a row we've talked about snapchat did. stock we did because <laughs> i invested in it because we talked about it so much i was like you know what i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is literally and the snapchat stock continued to go up until about like november and it really oh, fell off bad but well, still ha- made money on it overall hang on to it we'll talk about it in 2023 um but yeah no i just there was some good i turned a 20 dollar Free thing on Robinhood, and I don't. I mean, I don't use Robinhood anymore, but I still think that it is. Some of those like hardcore people will tell you it's like the devil. Like right. Robinhood, it makes it so easy to do stuff. Like it's so it's such a great barrier to entry, and I think everyone should try it. Um, but yeah, no, I turned that twenty dollars into like thousands of dollars over the course of the year. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Man, I you're right. Like I totally forgot that that happened. Yeah, no. I should have like went back in the year and been like, "What the fuck popped off this year?" I have a list of some things that happened this year that like no one's really oh, okay. Did either happen. You probably remember that it happened, but you also was like, "Oh, I forget." Like no one said anything about that. Right. The GameStop thing was one of the top. Like to me, that was like, "Oh shit, that was 2021." Um, most of this stuff was during that like weird pre-vaccine time. Um, I have the Suez Canal ship. <laughs> that was that <laughs> the, was 2021. Stuck. Great memes. Um, Oh, the other one. Oh, the Bernie memes. The inauguration. Oh, I'm sitting in the chair. Someone posted about that in November. They were like, this was this year. I was like, fuck. Yeah. The fucking, wasn't the goddamn. Insurrection? Um, yeah. Yeah. That was Shit. January 6th. That was, t- what is today? Today's the 6th? No. Uh, to the 3rd. the 3rd. Never mind. <laughs> that anniversary is coming up in three days. Harold, Shit. what are you going to do? I drop this episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We dropped an episode. I think we dropped our first episode of Cohen's on January 6th last year, which was I think great. you did say that, yeah. Um, yeah, the insurrection was 2021, obviously. The whole, like, the Biden... That whole month of January was so just, like, fraught with, uh, are we going to get a new president? We are, right? Like, he's not going to stop this That was somehow. wild, for sure. I remember being at work, and we literally... Everything got put on pause. And we're all just, like, watching TV when that happened. And I remember Garth like, Brooks was at the inauguration. fucking crazy. And he was, like, hugging everyone. And I was like, oh, I God, do remember everyone's that. going to have COVID because of Garth Brooks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump was the president when the, the year started. Shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it feels like forever ago Dude, since I've seen that guy. Insane. Which is great. Uh, which is great. 
uh, oh, the Flammy Lips doing their bubble shows. I went to a bubble show for the Flammy Lips. Oh, that yeah. was 2021, and that feels like 100 huh. years ago. Yeah, one of my buddies went to one of those. Um, I have Chuki. Remember when everyone said Chuki for like a day? Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> that was really dumb. <laughs> it was a thing that happened in 2021 that just happened and then disappeared. I'm glad I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is going to tie back into this, I promise. So years and years and years ago, I started... I somehow found this girl named Melissa Stetton who's on Twitter and I started following her. She's really funny. And she hosted a podcast about the bachelor. And I was like, Oh, I need to listen to this. So I started listening to this podcast as she did. And she hosted it with her boyfriend, this guy named Jensen Carp. Do you know who that is? Uh-uh. Okay. She hosted it with Jensen Carp. And I thought Jensen Carp was really funny. I was like, Oh man, these guys are great together. I really enjoy the show. And I started following them both on different things. And Jensen was actually on a show that I really enjoyed with the foster sister called barely famous on VH one. And I was like getting it. So I was just kind of became a fan. And then I found out that he used to be a rapper, a white rapper that was mildly successful wow. <laughs> back in the day. Um, I mean, he had like a big record deal. He had worked with Kanye West a little bit. What? The, um, what do they have like a name, like a, a rapper name? He or? did. I can't remember what it, what it was. Uh, hot Carl. That's what it was. I'm not kidding. Huh. Um, I never heard of that until, but he had worked with like early Kanye West and had, he just, you know, he was like a rapper. Um, he'd also had written for WWE, which is like a wonderful, dream, wow. right? He also awesome. was a comedy writer. He was writing for a bunch of shows. He was writing for all these award shows, um, like the Grammys and the Oscars huh. and, and MTV awards. Like for the he was, hosts. He was like stuff. a writer for these shows. That's awesome. And he owned a gallery in LA that was like a pop culture art gallery. So it's just uh, piling on the list of things. I'm like, this dude is fucking awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. He hosted a podcast about Cameo, which was a thing that I wanted to do. And I was like, he's doing it. That's great. Where he just talks about Cameo celebs and their prices. Um, and he works in radio. He worked for um, K-Rock in LA on the morning show. <laughs> like he has this dream. It was just crushing it. Career of things that I think are awesome. And then to cap it all off, this might give it away as to why I'm bringing all this up. To cap it all off, he is married to Topanga from Boy Meets World. <gasps> wow. Yeah. This dude is crushing it. Right? And so I was just a big fan of him. And it's tough to see been, people live in your had dream. Been for year, well, hang on. So I had been for years. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that you don't know who, where I'm going with oh, this. Oh, shit. Because okay. the hammer is about to drop. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I just became a fan of this guy. And um, I even interviewed him on my radio show, On the Spy. I, no way. I had him call in a couple times. And we talked about, he wrote a book and I, we talked about his book and just like his life as a rapper and all these things. He called in a couple of times. And so we're not, I mean, we're not like friends, but like, you know, I had his phone number. You're I familiar. Can text him. I can text him if I need to. So then imagine my surprise in 2021. I want to oh say March God. of 2021 when Jensen Carp, this guy that I've known, talked to, then there's even more layers to the story. When he became the shrimp tail cinnamon toast crunch guy. Oh my God, that's him? That's him. Wow. Yeah. So first you're like, oh. Holy shit. That's the guy that found the shrimp. Did you know how that story ended? Did you even know how that story ended? That story ended with dozens of women coming out and saying, this guy's a manipulative piece of abusive shit. Oh my God. <laughs> Including the girl who I originally followed, Melissa Stetton, who hosted the Bachelor podcast with him. She was the one who started that. 
of like, oh yeah, this guy is an abusive asshole. Oh my god! It was a whirlwind for me. Holy <laughs> I was shit, that's so, like a roller coaster. I was so invested in this story, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy. And I was like, oh my god, he's going viral. And I was like, he's this, and I felt for a minute, I was like, oh, I thought he was mine. Now he's everybody's. And then the oh, then the other shoe dropped, and ever, and I was like, oh my god, you're like, you can have him. I was like, how did I? Know? I mean. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, I Dude, don't know him at all, insane. really. I've only talked to him, like, through interview stuff, so I don't know him at all. I could absolutely see how he was an asshole, abusive Shh. shithead. Um, but that was a real roller coaster that I, that I went on with that guy. Jeez. Yeah. Isn't that just, like, so indicative of, like, social media and how we, like, you see something and you think it's one way, and then at the heart of it, you, like, don't know all the shit's going on. Like, Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. It was wild, especially to know that that was how I like, found him was through a girl. And you knew the guy or talked to him and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was, again, I don't know him at all. He was nice to me, I guess, but um, I'm not a woman. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Turns out he's a huge fucking asshole. Damn. And he went radio silent since then. Wow. He left it hanging. He hasn't tweeted since he started. He was like tweeting about the Cinnamon Toast Crunch thing. And then the day all that stuff came out about him, he just immediately just disappeared. Wow. His podcast never released a new episode. He's never said one thing about any of it. Dang. He hasn't said one thing about the Cinnamon Toast Crunch thing. He hasn't said one thing about the accusations against him, which is, you know, not a good look. Um, he just absolutely he disappeared. And Jeez. I would not, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if him and Topanga don't work out. Dude, that's insane. I know. Yeah, it had me in the, as a real had me in the first half thing. First I was half, like, this dude's lie. crushing it. Um, I also had, oh, I had Benifer on here. Ben, <laughs> Jennifer and Ben, love them. Love them back together. One of the other big, like Brittany and Benifer were like the two big celebrity stories for me in 2021. <laughs> love it. Um, and then another thing that I just feel like, and I don't know if you were even interested in this, something that came and went so fast, it was I feel like should have been a much bigger deal, was the Olympics. There was Olympics in oh, the yeah. summer. It wasn't even that long ago. It was like six months ago. It was kind of like just like a meh. Yeah. Why is that, I wonder? Maybe because it got delayed or something. I mean, they had the Caleb Dressel winning all these medals for us. Um, was the, the guy knitting, Tom Daly, right. knitting in the crowd. <laughs> Suni Lee winning medals when Simone Biles didn't want to compete. Good for Simone Biles. That was a huge news story. That was a wild story for like 24 hours. Um, but then soon Lee stepping up and winning the gold. That was like a crazy time that we just kind of let come and go. Yeah, we like lays right over that. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. Those are things that happened in 2021. <laughs> and that's 2021 in a nutshell. Yeah. Man. So what do you think? I guess we could, we didn't really talk about like. Music. Talking about, <laughs> well, talking about what we think is going to happen this year. See if we can make some predictions. I don't have any predictions. I was, I mean, predictions for what, I guess, is what I want to Just at large. I predict that Batman's going to make a billion dollars and and create, and DC is going to overtake Marvel. <laughs> is it DC? Because I, I honestly don't know. DC's kind of like shitty, right? Well, they just aren't the juggernaut that Marvel is. Okay. Like, I mean, Marvel's just a machine, and they're like... Rolling out all these things in phases, like shows coupled with movies, and like it's just like a they've kind of mastered like the rolling out of these things. Mm -hmm. And DC's always kind of trailed behind. Um, Zack Snyder, though, Zack Snyder should be the Kevin Feige of DC for sure. Like they ought to give him like the keys to the kingdom and let him like take over everything. Okay, 
That's my that's my opinion. I don't know if they're gonna do anything with that, which I don't think he's even involved with that new Batman movie at all. But he was the he did you know the Snyder cut that was twenty twenty one, wasn't it? The Snyder cut, yeah. Justice League, I never yeah. saw it, but yeah. Um, Dylan talked about it. So um, uh, there was another, and this is not gonna be helpful at all. But there was a trailer for something I saw recently that's also DC. It's like a, I think it's a DC TV show, maybe. That I thought looked so interesting. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a DC guy. You know, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. You're going against the. Uh, yeah. Going against the grain. Against the grain. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm just going to be a, a huge DC fan. <laughs> That's my prediction for 2022. No, I had some, uh, a couple of artists that I think could release albums in 2022. And. Oh, you talked about Lord releasing an album. And then she did. Do you remember years ago? I don't remember what, which version of the show I was on. It was on your show. I talked about how excited I was that Lord and Casey Musgraves are going to be on alternating album cycles. And then you this, did say that. And then, in, and then in this year, they released an album a week apart. I actually forgot that you said that, but you did say that. Yeah. So that's no longer the case. They released their albums within a week of each other in 2021. Um, and that was kind of my, that was kind of one of the things I was going to say was that um, we got in 2021, we got new albums from Casey Musgraves, Lord, Halsey, and Adele, and kind of Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, I would say, is excluded from that narrative, to borrow a phrase from Taylor Swift, um, because she's, she's re-releasing her old stuff, which, and by the end, like, her re-release of her old stuff was just dominated anything that any of these other artists made that were original, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> kind of where we're at right now. Um, but Casey, Lord, Halsey, and Adele all releasing new music, all with, I mean, Casey, Halsey, and Lord all released their albums within a month of each other. And then Adele came in at the end of the year. And, like, none of those albums really did anything. It really didn't. I was just thinking about that. I the mean, Halsey easy. album, I think, is probably the best one, which is weird to say. Um, because it was, I mean, it was produced by, like, Trent Reznor, and it sounds kind of industrially-ish. And it's pretty good. And it's worth definitely worth a listen if you haven't. Um, easy on me is, like, a huge song, though. You know, I, I mean, to say the Adele record didn't do anything is not true. Well, it's I mean. It's been the number one album In the weeks. scope of how her stuff has done in the past. Yeah. She had a moment, right? And usually her moments last like six months. Her moment this year lasted not that long. Still a great album. I love that. It's one of my five, probably five favorite albums of the year. Um, it's just crazy that that they all release records and they are just kind of like, eh, they were they were way they were all overshadowed by Taylor Swift re-releasing her old music and then Olivia Rodrigo. Oh yeah, who I think was the biggest star of twenty twenty one. She was yeah. absolutely like the beginning of the year. When Driver's License came out, another one of those things where you're like, oh, this is really good, but there's no way this is going to sustain itself, right? Could not have been more wrong. <laughs> she dropped banger after she banger. She did everything Deja she put out was my, awesome. Deja Vu is my favorite song of the year. I told Madison that that could have been a Taylor Swift song. Taylor Swift could have done that song. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, Olivia Rodrigo is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of it's kind of building this onto this Taylor Swift narrative that I think I kind of started with saying that she is changing the music industry, that like, People are now coming up who were Swifties, you know, like mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo was such a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Um, and now she's making, you can tell, I mean, you can hear it. You know, she loved Taylor Swift and she loved Paramore and you can hear those two <laughs> things in her music more than anything else. Um, yeah, they, um, I, it was like a Kiss FM. They had a phone interview with her. With Olivia Rodrigo? Yeah. And oh, she, like, they, <laughs> she talked about her friend texting her at like 4 a.m. or something real early that like oh my god go on your instagram and it was like that taylor swift had commented on her photo or something and like how that was just like the peak for her like she like yeah. lost her mind that taylor swift commented on her photo 
Yeah, I mean, can I was you just imagine? like, oh, that's so cool. Like to, yeah, to have someone like that you look up to, and then to them for them to even acknowledge you exist. Yeah, and I mean, that I mean, is now so cool. they've like hung out. They're like friends. Um, but she was the biggest star of 2021 in music, as far as I'm concerned. Her album was incredible. It's my favorite album of the year. Deja Vu was my favorite song of the year. It was banger after banger from Olivia Rodrigo, and she absolutely, she came in hot with the. <laughs> Biggest song in decades. Like, Driver's License broke every... Driver's License was breaking the daily streaming record every day as COVID was breaking the daily COVID record every day. <laughs> she was at, she had that COVID trend. She really was. Like, it was <laughs> happening side by side. I remember looking at charts of, like, is this Olivia Rodrigo streams or is this COVID-19? That was the true super spreader event. <laughs> Her but album she release. came out hot with the biggest song that we've had in decades. It was huge, Not yeah. decades, but years. Um, and sustained that all year long. Finally released the album in May, finally announced a tour in the fall. And it's just, she's dominate. She's going to dominate for the next 30 to 40 years. I would imagine. Um, she's just a superstar, but we had, I li- I really like that Casey Musgraves album a lot. I think it's going to become very underrated. Was it star crossed? Mm-hmm. It's so good. She I mean, it's me- really good. It's not as good her- as, it's not as good as golden hour, but. One of her songs had a music video that I thought was insane, where they're like robbing the mall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Simple times, I think. That was cool. Uh, yeah, no, I like I like that album a lot. Billie Eilish though. Oh yes, I didn't even put her on here. Yeah. I forgot. She uh, kind of changed. I can't believe I forgot to put her on here. <laughs> she kind of changed her whole aesthetic, and it was pretty polarizing for people. She was another one of those artists that like released an album and is doing great. She, I saw her at ACL and she was probably my favorite act I saw. She was fucking great live. She's so good. I've been, um, uh, I think she's great. Like, I think she's great for, um, that she's just like her own person, you know what I mean? And like, does not apologize for it. Yeah. I've been meaning to check out, there's like a documentary she did. On Apple TV? Is that the one? Yeah. Uh, I've been meaning to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. It's one of my favorite music documentaries. Really you need to watch that. It's one of my favorite music documentaries I've ever seen. It's long. It's like two and a half hours. It's not as long as Get Back. Just say, don't worry. I watched Get Back and loved every second of it. Oh, can we talk about that in a second? Yeah. Um, But no, Billie Eilish, I can't believe I forgot to put her on that list. That's such a good, that's such a misstep by me. But no, she's another one of those people that like made an album. It's great. Like, I really like the Adele album. I really like the Casey album. I really like the Billie Eilish album. But none of them really, like, pushed them into a new place. You know what I mean? Right. It was just, Sound-wise, like... Sound-wise, they sound different. Yeah, like, they got, like, oh, okay, they released it and they got some buzz. But it wasn't, like, a the next level right. of their thing or anything. I mean, Billie was kind of there, though. I mean, she already was kind of one of the biggest acts in music. Yeah. But, um, but man, do you notice how I haven't said any of that about Lord? <laughs> because, boy, that's that tough. That was pretty... That was tough. Was Jack Antonoff involved in this album? Yeah, he was. Damn. A rare miss from Jack. I do think that it's unfair for us to hold Lord to the standard of like, you have to make sad girl music for the rest of your well, life. Well, yeah. But I feel like we kind of needed it in 2021, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you kind of get this thing like, I don't know, it's like a double-edged sword for them. Like, if they do the sad girl music, if she did the sad girl music that we know, then she kind of is kind of putting this box of like, oh, that's the thing she does. But then, if she changes and like does something like what she with solar powers, that was called. Mm-hmm. People are like, "What the fuck is this?" I love like she kind of is like a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. I that happens think, a lot for people. I feel like, I mean, Casey Musgraves and to a much larger extent Taylor Swift have been able to do that. Yes, they started. As it was a, a crossover. Thing. Yeah, it was like a crossover. Like a she's like kind of got shit on by the country uh, scene though. 
Casey like Neistat. her albums. Yeah, her album wasn't the eligible Grammys, for yeah, country. The Grammys would not allow her to be. Yeah. They wouldn't allow her album to be best country album if they'll allow one of the songs to be best country song, which they, is uh, suspect. But. She had one of the biggest flexes on Instagram where she was like, do you think I'm, she put in her stories and she was like tagging like every country legend she's ever met. And they were all like, yes. And she was like, do you think I'm country enough? Reba? Yeah. Do you think I'm country enough? Garth? Yeah. And I was like, what a fucking flex. Like, yeah. she's awesome. She's great. I like that album a lot. I like that Adele album a lot. I like that Billy album. Just didn't, couldn't, I tried. I tried hard to like the Lord album. Couldn't get there. Yeah. Yeah. I still love Lord. I'm, if she comes anywhere close to Oklahoma City, <laughs> I will be there. I got tickets to KC literally next month. Oh, nice. In Dallas, Valentine's Day. Um, oh, yeah. cool. And Dua Lipa in March. Man, I think yeah. what that's been another thing is like good to see is that a lot of the shows coming up. Like, there's been a lot of really good shows announced. There was I got tickets to Death Cab in April, so oh, I'm yeah, excited I will, for that. I will absolutely be there for sure. Yeah, I need to get those tickets actually. We're going to Motion City in February, right? Hell yeah, brother! I'm excited. Um, but yeah, no, that's you know, I don't want to. I, I won't get too soapboxy about all those artists, but um, <laughs> I just I love them all. I love them all, and I hope they continue to make great music. Uh, I was going to quickly shout out that uh, I feel like the biggest kind of come ups of the year as far as like artists that we liked and were there and then now they're like the biggest in music were Lil Nas X and Doja Cat they dominated Doja she's bad as hell too yeah I mean she's don't wonderful. get it twisted her and Lil Nas X is the funniest person ever he is He's clearly hilarious. raised in troll culture <laughs> you know I didn't know um because I, I feel like I do this yearly almost playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2 since it's come out. It's been like my fourth year. I'm doing it right now. Um, I fucking love it. It's my favorite. It's the best game I've ever played. It's not my favorite. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite. Red Dead is just the best. Um, I didn't know that Lil Nas X, obviously he started with Old Town Road. I didn't know he wrote that song because he loved Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, so I didn't know that either. He, it was like inspired by Red Dead Redemption 2. Awesome. I know. I um, think I just saw a thing today that Henry Cavill wants to make a Red Dead Redemption movie. I mean, Red Dead Redemption is pretty much a Red Dead Redemption movie, yeah. right? Like well, I mean, Henry Cavill playing, that would be pretty tight. I don't, I'm a big Henry Cavill fan. I don't know how you feel about it. I just feel him. like the games are already so cinematic. They are a movie. They really are. Like they, they are a movie that you're just interacting with. I never played it, but I think Luke played it. And he was like, dude, you just got to watch like the cutscenes. <laughs> like, so I watched one, and I was like, man, this is like a movie. <laughs> it is the best game. It's not my favorite. It is the best, and I love it, and I play it every year. But yeah, Tell Lil X like started. That's crazy, right? That's really now cool. he's so far removed from that. He's so far removed from Old Town Road now. That song, he seems like such a like seems so below him almost because he's just killing it at everything else. Yeah, Montero man. Like I remember thinking like I don't know for some reason I kind of have like this thing where like when someone does that and he was kind of. Everyone said he was going to be a one-hit wonder. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I really hope he, like, yeah, really just starts crushing it. And, like, every song he's put out, every single he's put out has been a banger. Especially the way, like you said, he acts on the internet. Like, he is he's such funny. a troll. He's so good at it. Yeah. He's so good at it. But, yeah, shout out to him and, and Doja Cat for being wonderful additions to 2021. And, finally, I'll just say that I was so excited about Silk Sonic. I wanted it to be good so bad, and it just wasn't. It was very meh. <laughs> I know. It. Lord on paper, than, you're like, this Lord is going to be a banger. Than Silk Sonic. Anderson Pack, I've liked him for a long time. I wanted to like Silk Sonic so bad. Yeah. Uh, man, I almost forgot to mention this. This is like my uh, my one like a gratuitous mention. We got to do the mm -hmm. Bleed American thing in July. Oh, yeah. At that your dance July? party. Yeah, it was in July. Wow. 
that feels like so long ago. I know, man. That's one of those things. Crazy. That, man, I am, first of all, so happy that you did that. I'm very sad that I couldn't be. I had to DJ a wedding that night before the party. But everything that, like, the speakeasy guys were so happy with it. They yeah. were just, like, thrilled. Yeah, Greg was stoked. I was like, great. <laughs> yeah. No, Harold fucking killed it. You put together a killer lineup of artists that were covering um, Bleed American on the 20th anniversary? Yeah. Was it the 20th to or the, was it the 21st? The, to the day. To the day? Yeah, that Saturday was 20 years to the day. Oh, great job. That's why you. it had to happen. Great job by you. Yeah. I'm and you that. Uh, uh, Tell All Your Friends turns 20 next March, mm-hmm. also on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So working on something for that, too. That would be, oh, my God. I really I want die. I, I would re- die. I really am working to put something together for that. Are you going to do it? You should tight. do a song. I You're want to. Do Which song would you do? Uh, I was thinking this. I was going to ask Matt if he would want to do um, uh, Cute Without the E. Man, so many of those songs have like double the dual vo- vocals. Double, double vocals yeah. yeah. Or uh, what's the other one on there? There's no I in team. Timberwolves? I can't remember the other one. That Great I like Romances? On Great Romances. Oh, Great song. Great songs of the 21st century. (laughs) So good. Anyway, that was a really cool thing. And then there was, oh, Get Back. Oh. We're going to talk about Get Back. I just think that Get Back is the most interesting, crazy, I can't believe this exists and has existed this whole time thing that I've ever watched. I spent a week watching through all eight hours of it. And there were moments where I was kind of like, oh, 15 seconds forward. It lulls, yeah. But, I mean, I at the same time, I'm like, if it, I wish it were more. I wish I could watch more of it now. Right? You know what I mean? Like you're like a fly on the wall. That it is truly the most authentic fly on the wall experience yeah, like, you will have. And it just happens to be for the most influential, prolific band that has yeah. ever existed. I mean, watching Paul McCartney, right, get back out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy shit. And he's like, uh, come, in, come into the studio. He's like, hey, I kind of wrote this thing. Check it out. When I find myself in times of trouble, I'm like, holy yeah. shit. That's let it be. Like, you're just like finding these things. You know, like he didn't even. The th- cool thing about that one specifically is like at the point when they get into that actual proper studio, mm-hmm. he is like about to give up on that song because he can't figure out how to finish it. He's like, I don't know, man. I, gotta, I might just have to walk away from that one. And that's crazy to think about. Like. He almost gave up on writing that song, and it's like one of the most iconic songs they've written. It is crazy. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It is crazy to think like they had no idea that this was. You couldn't be. have known. You yeah. couldn't have known that that was going to be like the uh, the big song, right? Like a massive song. Um, I just I can't believe that that footage has been around for forty years, and no one thought. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know what happened there. I don't know who had the rights and why they weren't yeah, doing anything with it. Like how Peter Jackson ended up with it. But my God. I wish they would, ju- you know, really <laughs> release the Zack Snyder cut of that. <laughs> Give me all 60 hours of footage. I will watch it. Unedited. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and I was just obsessed with the fact that they had, sh- they had, like, shitty instruments. I don't know that much about music instruments, but, like, <laughs> they had, like, two bass guitars, yeah. and they weren't even that good. His Hofner. I was like, Can you on. use a different bass, Paul? Oh, he's yeah. using that Hofner the whole time. And, like, I was just, their clothing choices. I mean, it's just authentic Listen, 1969 London. Freaking, uh, what's his name? Ringo? Uh, George. George. George is the drip king. Yeah. Because they would show him coming into the studio. I'm like, this motherfucker swagged out. Like, the this f- is crazy. Like, I feel like nowadays, 
these artists roll in in like their sweatpants, right? <laughs> he was the wearing Beatles like fur. Were fully like yeah, John Lennon <laughs> came in every day with a fur coat on. I was like shit, fully this is strung awesome. out from the night before. <laughs> I, that was another thing. It was so crazy to see that dynamic really play out because like I, you know, I think we, I think most people had seen the original documentary from like the seventies. Yeah, was like the condensed version that, that let really, it be. That really felt made it seem like the narrative was that you know Paul and John couldn't get along. And then this came, this comes along and just busts all that shit wide open, right? And it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just loved it, and I want more of it. <laughs> That's an insane thing to say. And it's just crazy to think that, like, at the time, I kind of get why the original documentary was the way it was. Because at the time, there's no way you could possibly know, like, what would be good. Exactly. You're like, now you have the for, the the hindsight to be like. Well, now you have more historical context for exactly. who this band is. But, like, it's just so fucking incredible to watch them just exist in a room together um when the parts where they're playing music are the worst parts in my opinion <laughs> right like those are the most boring parts they're just playing music and they're like trying when they're bullshitting and they play get back probably nine thousand times oh my god yeah. um but like just them how they interact with each other and you get a real sense of who they are i do think it's very interesting that i know we're probably talking way too long that's okay um i just it's so I felt so attached to McCartney in that documentary just because as like a person who, oh, we have a project. Let's finish this project. Yes. Let's do this project, right? But like, I know how I would react. I know, feel like I know how most people, right? They would get, they would probably start getting frustrated and mad and like maybe have some words with the people and be like, hey guys, we got to fucking do this. You're either in or you're out, right? He never did any of that. He would occasionally be like, okay, well, we have a deadline. But like, it's very he, British. He was so <laughs> chill. They'd be like, oh yeah, Lennon's going to be like, Lennon's going to be four days late. And he'd be like, all right. And he'd just go sit down and hang out with his wife for a little bit. And yeah. I'm like, I would be losing my mind. But McCartney, I mean, I guess at a certain point, you're like, well, whatever. We're the Beatles. <laughs> if we don't finish this, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> but, like, he was. they were all just so chill with each other, even though you could tell that they were just not vibing that well for, for a lot of it. And then just that the dialogue that they had with John and Paul. The, like the Was it the flower pot that they put the microphone in? Yeah. At first, I thought there's no way this is real. This has got to be fabricated. That's crazy. <clears throat> Apparently, it's very real, and it's just like a, a hidden microphone candid conversation between Paul McCartney and John Lennon, specifically about the Beatles and where they're going, I wonder how they feel about George Harrison in particular. Dude, I know. Uh, I wonder how he felt about finding out that that happened. Paul McCartney? I do I feel had to like, have been like the vibe that I got from that was that you could watch that if you watched that documentary and said only one or two of these people are still alive who do you think it is paul would be number one like you could tell that he had some input on it a little bit i think you know what i mean like i feel like it was kind of slanted in his favor yeah. in his direction made him um, not look like such a miser yeah made him look like the hero like he made sure the album get got done but man if you're just a because i'm not even a huge beetle i mean i like the beatles i think they're great i think i know i understand how significant they are I'm not a huge fan. I don't listen to their music that much. But, like, if you're just a fan of music or specifically songwriting and just being able to watch them do this is unbelievable. Yeah, it was awesome. That was one of the moments that really stuck out to me was, like, George and Paul, how they had conflict. Yeah. And George is like, I'll play it however you want me to play it, Paul. How imagine, do you want me to play it? You I was like, <gasps> being George Harrison in the Beatles. When you are... One of the best in the world at being, at doing what you do, at playing guitar, at writing songs. And, but yet you are in this band with Paul McCartney. And, and John you're like, Lennon, right? Outshone by these guys. I got, so I got, this is a hard, hard pivot. 
I got pretty into Formula One racing this year <laughs> because of this Netflix show that I really love. Um, form, real Formula One heads hate that I just said that, by the way. <laughs> they fucking hate that people get into it because of Netflix, but whatever. Um, the way Formula One racing works, and I'm not going to bore you, I promise, but like it's there's 10 teams. Each team has two drivers, right? And the same 20 people basically race every weekend. That's how it works. Um, Lewis Hamilton, who I believe to be an A-list celebrity. He's like, the GOAT. He's the GOAT. He is the best. He like owns a tiger and shit, like all kinds of crazy shit. He's just the best in the world. There was a lot of controversy about how this season ended with him, but I'm not going to talk about all that. What I was going to say was that Lewis Hamilton is the absolute best in the world. He wins. He's won like eight, like seven championships in a row or something. Anyway, he is the best. But in his teammate, though, there's a whole episode of the show about his teammate, this guy named Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas is one of probably the five best drivers in the entire world, and he. It's so he's and, and tell me he's not on the Mercedes team anymore. They were both drivers for Mercedes. Valtteri left after the season's over. But during his time with Mercedes, he was probably one of the five best drivers in the entire world. But yet he wasn't the best driver. Like he second, wasn't even the, he wasn't the best driver on his second own. fiddle. To he wasn't the best driver on his own team. <laughs> that would be so infuriating. That's how I bet George Harrison feels. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he had to have felt that way. And I mean, you don't know at the time. I mean, it's years later, but he wrote a lot of really popular like some of the Beatles' best songs. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I think history has been kind to George Harrison. But they didn't... Um, I re- I didn't realize how much I didn't really know that much about their history until I started reading about it after Get Back. And there was, like, some crazy shit that went down, like George fucked Ringo's wife and, like, all kinds of crazy shit. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. As I'm watching this, I'm like, man, there they both are. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I do know that growing up, most of our lives, you, we've always heard that, like, you hear someone call someone else a Yoko. Yeah. It's like, oh, she, you know, Yoko broke up the Beatles. And then you watch this show, and you're like, I, I don't think she did at all. <laughs> I don't think she had anything to do with their breakup. Uh, like the Literally Beatles nothing. broke up the Beatles. <laughs> Seems to me, I actually, I, so I did read a lot about John Lennon and Yoko's relationship. And, like, he was pretty shitty to her. <laughs> he was kind of awful. <laughs> and, like, he dragged her to the studio. He didn't want her to be out of his sight. Um, so I don't think she broke up the Beatles. I think oh. that's a false narrative. Shout out to Yoko Ono. Those parts are with her in the second <laughs> she's just, like, screaming into the mic. I'm like. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was so, that was, an, uh, I'm going to spend so much time. <laughs> but, like, just seeing John Lennon in general and just being like, oh, I can tell on a day that he, like, especially towards the beginning, the first couple of days, you're like, oh, he's clearly, like, on some shit. Like, he is strung out. He has not slept. He's just sitting there nodding and agreeing with everything. And then a couple of days later, you're like, oh, he's, like, up and dancing and yelling and, like, having a good time. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I can, he's see, how, I can see how it would be difficult to be. There was that scene that somebody isolated where it's like he looks like he's pulling something out and then realize, realizes the camera's there. Have you seen that? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. I think it was on TikTok. Someone was like, "Interesting." Uh, that moment, John forgets that uh, they're recording, and he like reaches in and grabs something from his like jacket pocket and is like talking, and then he like does that thing of like, like realizes the camera's really? there, and he like puts the thing back up. I don't feel like. I mean, at that point, you're the Beatles. You're John Lennon. Like, do you really try to hide that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It was just funny. It was pretty yeah. hilarious. I get back's probably the best thing I watched all year. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, man. Do you want to do this uh, this Grammys thing here? Yes, let's crank them out fast. So let's we talked about doing uh, for the general field the uh, the top four. It's yeah, uh, four. what is it? Record of the year, Song, album record, of the year, album, and I think best new artist. Is yeah, it? yeah. So okay, uh, just to ver- just to clarify, I usually I don't I forget this every year. 
Song of the Year is about mostly songwriting, and Record of the Year is mostly about production. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a Song of the Year. It leads with a Songwriter Award. So. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about these nominees. I listened to, I tried to listen to a little bit of everything. Really? Just to be familiar with it at least. Interesting. But I will say, before we head into this, I have my looking forward to the Grammys. <laughs> no, I do too. But looking forward, looking ahead to the Grammys, I feel like there's definitely a universe where, because two years ago, 2019, 20, 2018 was when Casey won? 2019? No, 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 no. 2019 was when Casey won. It would have been for, for 2018. Right. So 2020, right before COVID, that was when Billie Eilish won everything. Correct. And I feel like there's a version of that this year with Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. I feel like there's a pretty good chance that she wins all I four of the I could see that. Awards. That's what I, I would really want that to happen, but, man, I'm just not sure. I don't know. I also think that, like, there's a... I mean, for me to be like, well, there's they could do this or they could do that. Those are my predictions. Yeah. It's like that's the entire <laughs> spectrum of things that could happen. But like, I also feel like last year was a good example of we're spreading it around a lot. Where right. Eilish wins like best song, I think, but Taylor Swift won best album. Dua Lipa won best pop album or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's different ways this can go. I do feel like we're I'm leaning towards Olivia Rodrigo just wins everything. I would like to see that just because. She deserved Her it. album was just so out of left field for me, and I was just like, wow, this is like, it's I think so I did good. text you about it, like, this is this generation's emo music. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you can hear the Paramore there. I mean, for it's sure. there. And, like, she wrote, she wrote a song called One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, That and she's 17 probably when she wrote it, 18 now. That song condenses and boils down to what it feels like to be in a shitty relationship. She did it better than anyone I've ever heard do it in music ever. And she's like this, you know, 17-year-old, whatever. Not to dismiss her for being young, but like a lot of people do, I think. And she's just a fucking master songwriter. I thought that about Deja Vu that I was like, wow. There's something about that. And I've talked to people. I've had musicians on and just talked to them about the thing that I love about music is when someone articulates something that you've always felt, but you've never been able to, to express it. Yeah. And when you, someone says something like that and you're like, I have felt that. Yeah. Like that shit is like to the core of me. Deja Vu was a masterclass in songwriting. It's for my sure. favorite song of the year. And yeah, no, it, and it was sandwiched between these two massive, <laughs> massive hits. Right. Just like that Nickelback song was we talked about, or that Creed song we talked about on last time I was on your show. Shout out to Butt Rock. Shout, yeah, shout out to Butt um, Rock, baby. But like it was, it's just so good. That whole album is just really good. And I really want to see her sometime in 2020. I would like to see, yeah, I would like to see that, man. See her uh, sweep it. Um, you just want to start. And go straight down the list for the general. Sure. Uh, we got record of the year. Uh, okay. Award award to the artist and to the producer, recording engineers, and or mixers and mastering engineers, if other than the artist. So we have to think of this as like, this is not just a song that I like. We have to think about like, what, you know, what does this song really sound like? Right. Okay. Like the whole whole production. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. Alba put out the, the new album. I just, I, we didn't talk about that. I it's forgot about good. that. It is it's very good. Crazy good. Did you I watch? don't know how they did it. Like I can't imagine that they are still doing it like that at their age. Like I feel like there's probably a lot of production involved in that, which maybe is why it deserves <laughs> to win the Grammy. <laughs> but God, is it good? They um, I watched this. I think we might have talked about this. I watched this docu series called This Is Pop, 
I don't know if we talked about this. No, we did, and I, I, we did. I this and is ringing a bell because I was like, I really want to watch that, and then I didn't. I want to watch that. I'm going to watch this before uh, we record in 2023. I think it's on Netflix still, but I'm writing that down. They did a, uh, they did an episode called Stockholm Syndrome, and it's uh, Sweden, right? Is that where Stockholm is? Yeah, uh, which is where Abba's from. They have a huge history of writing pop music. Um, I forget what the word is, but there's literally a song, a word for a pop song written to be massively popular. And um, uh, that's where Abba, Abba is from there. And mm-hmm. so it's just like they've got the formula. I think and that's where Max Martin's from. And he, he is. is the and he's produced everything. in the world. Like he's uh, made every big song. Ludwig Gornson that did the music for Black Panther. He does. He, uh, he started with Childish Gambino. Gambino. That's where I knew him from. Was he's from Sweden. Early Ch- Gambino days, yeah. There's a lot of people in there that are from Sweden that you would have never even known that the producer of that particular thing was from Sweden. I never put that together that Ludwig, um, Max Martin, and ABBA are all from Yeah. Sweden. Like, what the fuck? That's what They're, a great music scene to exist. Well, and they had, like, a guy, like, not to get too much into that, but, like, there was a dude that was a guitarist, like a metal guitarist, that was working, I think, with Max Martin in the studio, and they were working with Pink on her album, mm-hmm. and he wrote this guitar part, and showed it to Pink. He was like, I don't know if this is anything, but he wrote this guitar part, and then it was like, da 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 da, and uh, it was just that. And then he so he what? he was like the guy in the studio. He was he doesn't even like a proper producer yet. He was the guy in the studio that would go get coffee and like, but when he did that, he actually uh, Max Martin like threw him out like into the into the fire and was like, you're a producer now. Like let's get this produced. Like you produce that. And so he cut, he like cut his teeth working with Max Martin, and now he's like this mm. huge producer that's worked with Pink and like all these other people it's not too. Shellback, is it? It might have been. Okay, because he's the I knew that he was like the other big. It might have been actually. Max Martin. That's crazy. I didn't know he was like a metal guitarist though. Yeah, it's uh, it's all in that. Uh, this is pop. Check out that document docu series. Oh. It's crazy. So did you know that ABBA? Did you know? I only recently learned this. They started as a Eurovision group. Yeah, so the Abba, songwriting contest. Yeah, they and, talk and about I, that in that series. I love Eurovision. It's like a highlight. It's like one week in a year. It's a. It's a big I can't highlight. believe that's like a thing that exists. It's so also, I can't believe they made a movie about so it. I never, I never even watched it. It's like a Will right. movie that they made. I never watched it. I do love Eurovision, and I think it's coming to America next this year. No I shit. Think. I think each state is supposed to submit a song. I think. No I need to shit. figure this out. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and write my song. Now. The whole point. I know. I want to get involved with the Oklahoma team, <laughs> but like. Um, I was started as a Eurovision band, and they are kind of widely known as the only Eurovision band to have crossed over and made it into like mainstream music. Until I think this year, because I watched Eurovision this year, and it's funny that you brought. I was thinking about when you brought up the John Lennon like maybe doing drugs and then putting it away thing. The the Italy team. Oh yeah, won Eurovision this year, and you saw the video of him doing cocaine. Yeah. And I don't think he was. Hey, you gotta but it celebrate, baby. It definitely looked like this guy was doing cocaine <laughs> as they announced him as the winner. Listen, that was fun dip. But the whole, the point of that was that like the, I didn't even know when I heard the song for the first time, they are the band that created that bag that did that song Baggin Maniskin. Yeah. That's them. They and did. I didn't know that until I like until I had heard that song a hundred times. I was telling Madison about that because that's originally a Four Seasons song. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> but like Maniskin is like the other new is like the other band besides that. Of all crossed the, over from Eurovision yeah. to mainstream music. Of all the Italian bands, they're the only one I know. Uh, well, I, I still have faith in you as the ABBA is what's, is what's uh, nominated for Record of the Year. Okay. Uh, John Batiste, Freedom. Okay. The Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga. I feel collab, like, I get a kick out of you. Yeah, I feel like the Grammys could also really go towards 
Tony Bennett again. Maybe. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Peaches, Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Great song. Uh, right on time, Brandy Carlisle. Justin Bieber. Brandy Carlisle is nominated for a few Brandi things. Carlisle's great. She's yeah. always not. Anytime she releases a thing, she gets nominated for all. Yeah, the she's great. Justin Bieber, I would say, did a great job of lowering the bar so much for himself and making everyone <laughs> just not care about him. Be like, oh, okay. He lowered the bar so much that he made a really good album. Uh, Kiss Me More, Doja Cat. Uh huh. Uh, Happier Than Ever, Billie Eilish. Uh huh. Montero, Little Nas X. Driver's License, Olivia Rodrigo, oh. and Leave the Door Open, Silk Sonic. These are. This is a stacked so record category. of the year i promise i'm not going to take forever on this record of the year i feel like the sound of silk sonic is so good but i can't see them winning but yeah it's like kind of the thing that um bruno mars has been doing that new jack type thing mm-hmm. for a while and it's kind of progressing into like this funk like soul type thing um i don't see that pulling it through but I also have to think about, I mean, you do have to think about recency bias and who voted for the Grammys the last couple of years because yeah. most of them, or a lot of them, are the ones voting in 2022, right? Um, I think my, God, I am t- so torn between Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo. Just because Olivia Rodrigo is a, I mean, Driver's License in particular is a, it's literally a perfect pop song. It's, to me, the be- it's one of a few handful of perfect pop songs I've heard in my life. I think it's like that and Since You've Been Gone. <laughs> it's, that's it. That's the list. Um it's just the way it's layered and the way it constantly there's, I mean, there's so many things you can watch on YouTube and TikTok about why this song is so good production wise, like how it layers itself and builds and builds and builds and all the shit. Um, but then that, but happier than ever just kicks you in the dick whenever it's, I mean, it's like the end of the album and you're like, okay, this is like a fun kind of jaunt through the Billie Eilish world. And then, Oh God, I'm getting attacked right now. Um, I would lean towards Olivia Rodrigo though. I would. I want her to win, but I, man, I could really see Billy taking it. We have to think about it too. It was like Dan Negro from was he from As Tall as Lines? Yeah, I think so. Which is a classic emo band, versus Phineas. Yeah, Phineas. <laughs> um, I just I've mm, the track record is obviously on Phineas's side because he's been doing it for a while. But I don't know. I think it's Driver's License. That's what I would pick. All right, you're gonna go. Olivia, I'm gonna go Billy. I don't know. I we just could easily be John Batiste. I just don't know. I know. Yeah, watch this like be something completely out of left field. Is John Batiste the guy wrong? That's on, he's on the Colbert Show, right? He's the band leader. I, is that him? I think so. I'm gonna clarify that. Yeah, say let's do some on the fly, on the fly googling real quick. American musician, band leader, and television personality. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's the band leader for the Late Show. Swaggy. All right. So that is for record of the year, mm. album of the year, award mm. to artists and to featured artists, songwriters of new material, producers, recording engineers, mixers, and mastering engineers. Oh, uh, maybe that's why Taylor wasn't nominated because it says new material for her uh, re-release. Oh no, those were she had two new albums though. Yeah, besides they the were re-releases, released after the cutoff <laughs> date. May they might be nominated. Actually, I don't know, I I don't know how that works. She's nominated for Evermore for album of the year. Um, right? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um That's interesting that collaborators also get yeah. Grammys because that means that I think Doja Cat's on a bunch of those, right? <laughs> Doja Cat is her album, I think she's on the she's on sex here. album. Uh John Batiste, you got We Are. I haven't really listened to it. Love for Sale, it's that Tony Bennett, Lady Gaga. Man, I feel like if you want a dark horse pick, take that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, look at this list for Justin Bieber's justice. Mm. That's insane. 
I of course I Benny like, Blanco's on there. He's written like everything. I like Benny Blanco. I like that album. I just I don't think it's going to win an album of the. It's not an album I, of the year. Grammy. I can't. We can't live in a world of album of the, of the year. year winner Justin Bieber. Yeah, Wait, maybe a song. Maybe maybe Pete. Well, this I'm just album, saying okay, this yeah. is album. But I think I was saying maybe this an individual song off that album could win. But the album as a whole, I don't think so. We can't live in a world with the album of the year Grammy winner Justin Bieber. I do think just that Billy Eilish documentary I just told you about. Justin Bieber is maybe the MVP of that. I, you, I that. think you talked about that before. Yeah, he's great on that show. Uh, oh, Planet Her Doja. Oof, it's good. Uh, happier than ever, Billy Eilish. Look how short that list is. That's part of that documentary. That's crazy. Is you see them creating music. It's just the two of them in her bedroom. Like that's it. Back of my mind, her. Uh, Montero, Little Nas X. Mm. That has that's that's a contender, bro. You think I mean, almost every single he put out on there was like into the stratosphere. Um, Interesting. I, uh, okay. Sour Olivia Rodrigo. That's yeah. that's the one I. That's the one my heart wants to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evermore Taylor Swift, Donda Kanye. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see them giving it to Kanye. I don't see them giving it to Lil Nas X. Um, I can see them giving it to Kanye. Over man, Lil it's so hard to know though. Like My, who's judging and what they're looking for and okay, so their the thing, biases. Like fuck. If you look at the last two years, Billie Eilish won two years ago. Taylor Swift won last year. A lot of those people are voting again this year. Um, but Taylor Swift last year was she was nominated for a bunch of awards, didn't win any of them. And I was like, oh man, Taylor's getting shut out. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the night, album of the year, Taylor Swift. I was like, fuck, okay. Um, I think that Evermore is not as good an album as Folklore. Which lead, oh boy. But I also have to think about the fact that she did win last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would, it's, I'm again torn, but I'm once again torn between Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish. And I feel like they might give this one to Billie Eilish. I, I mean, what are we looking at? Artists, featured artists, songwriters, producers, recording engineers, mixers, and mastering engineers. I think, I think I'm I'm going on record. I think Billie Eilish will win album of the year. And if she doesn't, it'll be Olivia Rodrigo. And if she doesn't, it'll be Taylor Swift. <laughs> I would like to see just, because Montero was just huge. It was huge to me. I know that's a bias, but I would like to see Lil Nas X win it. I would love it if he won. My second place is Olivia Rodrigo. Based on who we want to win, it would be Olivia and Lil Nas X. Yeah. I just don't think they But realistically, you're thinking... I think that the Grammys are so antiquated and I mean, people, you know, I think people have been saying for years that Grammys are stupid. You shouldn't pay attention to award shows. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of like good stuff and the reasons that I agree with that. At the same time, I love an award show. Um, (laughs) And I just think that the Grammys, I think that the Grammys think that they will be progressive by giving an album of the year award to a 17 year old, like Mexican girl. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like to them, they're like, wow, we are changing the world. <laughs> and I mean, you to me, the same for Lil Nas well, I was going to say, I think to them, yeah, Olivia Rodrigo is doing enough. And I don't know. I could go on a whole. It's hard to know. This. Instead of Lil Nas X, who I feel like they're like, no, nah, that's too much. <laughs> She's the happy medium. Also, I'm not saying that they judge this solely on <laughs> what well, I mean, we don't like. know. But there has been a lot of criticism about the you know, Grammy's so white right. um, that I just feel like that they have tried to make 
not so transparent attempts to, you know, kind of nudge voters towards specific things that they think would make them look good as being the progressive award show. Instead of giving it to the objectively best thing. Instead of giving it to Taylor Swift every year, which is probably what they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds yeah, about white. I, think, I mean, right. I think it's going to be Billie Eilish. We shall see, my friend. Okay, what we got? Song of the Year next. A songwriter award. A song is eligible if it was first released or if it first achieved prominence during the eligibility year. Artist names appear in the parentheses. Singles or tracks mm -hmm. only. Okay. So for that, we got Bad Habits. Good song. Ed Sheeran. When that came out, I told Madison, I was like, man, I did not even, that did not sound like Ed Sheeran to me. It was like so, yeah. such a departure like, from his style. Sound like the Chainsmokers. Um, it was a good song, though. No, it's a great song. Uh, a beautiful noise, Brandy Carlile. Is that oh, Alicia so Keys good. collab, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that one. So good. Driver's license. Yeah. Uh, fight for you. Uh, was that the her one? Yeah, it was the her mm -hmm. one. Uh, happier than ever, Billie Eilish. Kiss me more, uh, Doja. Leave the door open, Silk Sonic. Montero, uh, Lil Nas X, Peaches, Justin Bieber, and right on time, Brandy Carlile. This is song our, of the year. They would. As soon as you started reading this list, I started rethinking Doja Cat for record of the year. I think that could also maybe win that because that sound that song just sounds incredible. Um, but for songwriting, I can't imagine giving it to anyone but Olivia Rodrigo. She's so good. She's the. She's gonna be the next Taylor Swift. I think you're right. And Taylor Swift's already the best songwriter we have. I could see maybe. Also, I want to preface a lot of this is tinted by my own biases. By your bias. Who well, I, mean, I like. We I mean, have I'm not that. going around listening. <laughs> I'm not going around listening to like Justin Bieber a lot or John Betts. Or Tony lot, Bennett. Right? <laughs> I did. I have listened to a little bit of that Tony Bennett Gaga album. I just. It's another one of those things where I feel like if he if they do win, it's because the Grammys are trying to like you know establish a, le a legacy thing. Like yeah, yeah. Um, Get that AARP vote. In. I do. I mean, he is knocking on death's door. <laughs> he really he is. yeah. He doesn't know where he is most of the time. That's not a lie. Like I've seen no. videos of them like trying to like rehearse and things, and he's just kind of out of it. Anyway, um, there's always a chance that they that they could win, especially with Gaga. Um, but for songwriting, I would go Olivia Rodrigo. I could see them maybe giving it to Brandy Carlile. They Brandy do. Carlile is they, like the they um, like Brandy Carlile at the Grammys. Her and Brandy Carlile get nominated for everything that they do, and I'm not saying it's not warranted, but like you know, give them a win sometimes. Oh, they her, just, they the just get nominated. Yeah, <laughs> they get nominated all the time, and they never win anything. And it's like, all right, man, I don't know. So you think Olivia Rodrigo on that one? Mm -hmm. Songwriter. I think if so, that comes down to me like for those two song awards versus the album. Is that Olivia Rodrigo's album is great? Driver's License in particular is perfect. Well, I mean, look at that list, though. I mean, it's just two people. Yeah. So, I mean. She's so good. That You know what? The Grammys was one of those things when I, fr I first watched it as, like, a kid. It was one of those things that honestly kind of broke my heart whenever I realized that a lot of artists didn't write their songs. I don't know why that was, like, such a bummer to me that I was like, oh, my God. Beyonce didn't write Halo? What? <laughs> like. I don't know why that bothered me when I first found out about it, like when I was like a teenager or something. Like I, I don't really? remember what age, but I was just like, I don't think I don't maybe not bothered, but like surprised me. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. I get more bothered, or I used to more. I don't really think about that much anymore. I used to get more bothered by the people who were bothered by the fact that you know 
I just remember the memes that would go around like, look at the songwriting list for oh like my God, yeah. this for like, bon- for like Bohemian Rhapsody and like Freddie Mercury wrote the whole thing all by himself. <laughs> but then for a song like Halo, it takes 38 writers to write this one. I was like, who gives a shit? The song is the important thing. Right. It like, doesn't which matter. song do I want to listen to right now? That was big whenever it was like Beck, when Beck won over Beyonce and people were like tripping about that. Because uh, Beck writes his own music. Yeah. When he plays like a gazillion instruments. I, no, it's not a talent contest. But that's what I'm like, dude. It's a, it's it's like, a Grammy. It's right? the song. Like, yeah. what? Name a song on that Beck album. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how could that win against like something Beyonce's putting out? That's just, you know what I mean? I For agree. what no, it is. I completely agree with you. I was trying to think. It's like kind of like the NFL MVP award where every year they there's always a player who is clearly more valuable to his team than the winner of the actual MVP award because it's always just like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who yeah. just wins every right? <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, that was just something I thought about. I meant to tell you that earlier that I remember thinking that when I was a kid, like, oh my God, they don't write their own songs. I did not know that. I just be. I just don't like the criticism. I don't like. I didn't like the criticism of like. Well, Beyonce doesn't write her own song. So like, it's who not gives good. a shit? Yeah. Like, who cares? She's great. She's killing. It. <laughs> it's like, a banger. Shut up. A yeah. banger's a banger's a banger. Yeah. Okay. So just to recap on that one, you thought Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. If Driver's License is nominated, I feel like it's gonna win. Okay. I would like to see Brandy Carlisle I mean, win it. I mean, but, an overall, like in, in any category. Yeah. I would love for Brandy Carlisle to get a win. But, she deserves it realistically like my true for my heart like i agree with you olivia rodrigo was like the biggest thing of the year to me mm-hmm. so i would like to see her win it for sure all right best new artist is the last of the uh, general category this uh, is again to me this is a, a no it's a slam dunk this is the lock of the year <laughs> this category recognizes an artist whose eligibility year release achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness mm-hmm. and notably impacted the musical landscape that's the important part of the statement. A breakthrough into the musical Notably impacted. Yeah, breakthrough into the musical consciousness. Um, I think I sent you the wrong name on this one, but it was Arush Aftab. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Allen, the country artist. Baby Keem, Phineas, mm-hmm. Glass Animals, Japanese Breakfast, The Kid Leroy, mm-hmm. Arlo Parks, Olivia Rodrigo, and Sweetie. I didn't know Arlo Parks was nominated. This is a great list. Japanese Breakfast did a sick-ass cover of Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears mm-hmm. um, that I particularly enjoy. It's funny, too, this category that's Best New Artist, and it's like the criteria is like in the eligibility year they broke through into the public consciousness because like I feel like Glass Animals has been around for a while. Phineas yeah, solo. at festivals for like five years. Phineas has been solo and like doing his own mm-hmm. thing for a long time, but it's like funny that it's this year where they're finally like hey uh let's actually get you into the grammys here japanese breakfast played norm music festival a couple of years ago yeah. like 2018 i think um this is a great list these are all great i mean from what i can tell these are great i mean i really like the kid the roy songs you really released this year i like I, japanese breakfast i like last animals i like that baby keem song the one that i've heard i love arlo parks i think she's wonderful she is great yeah. she's so good and i would want her to win if it weren't for the fact that Olivia Rodrigo was in this category and she is she's, going to slam dunk on she's gonna this win is it. it. She's the best new artist. I mean, if, yeah. if, if the category criteria is, you know, breaking through into the was a musical consciousness, like that's what she has done. Yeah. She has destroyed every streaming record. And she had staying power too with like every yeah. uh, single she put out. Yeah. Which I mean, okay, like some of these other artists did put out banger. Glass Animals had, what was that? Heat Wave. Mm-hmm. But it's like, 
what was what other song is as big as Heat Wave that they put out like out of that same album? You know what I mean? Like Olivia Rodrigo, every song she put out was a bop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and the Kid Leroy, honestly, I'm kind of surprised at that stay. Was that not 2021, or was that 2020? Uh, that Kid Leroy song with Justin Bieber. Yeah, no, it's a great. No, I I like that song. I think it was because he released his first song. I think with Miley Cyrus in 2020, and I think it all came on the same album with that Bieber oh, okay. song. He has a whole been. album of like collaborations that is pretty good. Yeah, um, Charlie, I think Charlie Puth produced that. Really, I, I could totally it. see that. Actually, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I think the Kid Leroy will be great, but this is Olivia Rodrigo yeah. to lose. Outside of that. It would be wild if Glass Animals won. Like, I right could now. see them giving. If it you to go Glass back and you look Animals, at the, if you look at like the best new artist winners, they have not nailed it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking it. too. I think is Dua Lipa it? won the year Casey Musgraves won best new artist. Dua Lipa won best new artist. Um, but but for that, I was like, they are just missing. It's just miss <laughs> after miss. Well, that's what makes me think. Just like, as far as artists, what they what did they do after they won that Grammy? Right. right. A lot of them, not much. Which I guess Phineas has been producing for a long time too, right? He mm-hmm. does. Does he not do all of Billy's stuff? He produces all of Billy's stuff. That's yeah. what I thought. He's fully so, her producer. I have which they had him as like Phineas. a. Uh, He's fine. I just don't like how I don't like how famous he has gotten writing on her coattails and how he gets to play all these festivals and yeah. stuff. He probably wouldn't if she weren't also playing that festival. He was on um, Madison's a huge uh, American Idol. Mm-hmm. She loves American Idol, and they had him as like a guest judge or whatever. You know when He's they help have a- someone help someone. They had him on one season to help people, like, perform their song or whatever. He's got a great musical mind. I just, you know, he just kind of got really lucky that his sister is Billie Eilish. Popped like she did. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see Olivia win that. That's the last of the general categories. Um, I don't know if you want to look at any of these other ones. I'm interested to know who's nominated for Best Rock. Is there a Best Rock category? Yeah. Um, Let's see here. It's after Dan Rock. Best Rock album? Sure. ACDC, Black Pumas, Chris Cornell, Rest in Peace, Foo Fighters. Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney. Interesting. Nothing, no one rocks harder than Paul McCartney. Huh. Okay. I didn't know ACDC. I mean, I didn't even it's interesting. know. interesting. I mean, that feels like Foo Fighters should win that, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who's doing best pop album or best pop whatever? Song? Solo performance. No. Um, best pop vocal album. album. Doja, Billy, Ariana Grande. Oh, I, I didn't hmm. think about that. What? Olivia Rodrigo. Ariana Grande, that position song, that was pretty big. Um, I hope Doja Cat wins that one. I like her. I love her. Um, I saw videos of her, and, well, one of my friends went to ACL, and I uh, took I some videos there. of her performing, and I'm like, dang, she, like, puts on a show. Like, she was awesome. great. I saw her at ACL. She can she dance her awesome. ass off, too. She's so much fun. Yeah. She's great. Um, yeah, no, Grammy's coming up, I guess, at the end of the month. Um, see if they don't get a uh, canceled or postponed. <laughs> Real quick, I was just gonna say, um, there's some artists that I feel like are re- gonna release albums in 2022. Okay, shit. The ones that I would pr- be most interested, the one I think the world would, just, would be most interested in, I should take that back. The ones that I think would be the biggest, because I remember calling out Adele for, on this show for releasing album like years ago. Um, I think Rihanna still owes an album. I've been saying it for years. Rihanna, drop the album. Um, Kendrick's gonna drop an album this year. Frank Ocean, I think, will. Oh, that um, would be great. Beyonce probably will. B- 
Beyonce needs to. Beyonce hasn't made an album since like 26, Lemonade, 2016. What? It's been that long? Yeah, it's been five years. That's insane. She released that album with Jay-Z, like the Carters. Right. And it was like, eh. <laughs> uh, We needed a Beyonce album. And Lizzo, I think Lizzo will release an album. The two that I am the most interested in that I think will release albums in 2022, we're going to get a new Blink. <laughs> we'll see what the lineup looks like. Could be four people. Skiba, Blink plus Skiba. It could be, could be Matt and Tom. <laughs> could be Mark, Matt, Tom, and Travis. Who knows? That would be fucking crazy. I think it could happen. A super group. They've. I mean, yeah, I could. This is a separate. Podcast. That would be tight. Um, and Paramore. Paramore is going to release a new album in 2022. I would like to see that. They will. They Paramore, not Haley Williams. No, Paramore is making an album. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think I'm very interested to see how it is. Yeah, they've. They're. They're one that their style has evolved. Their style. And I've really liked. At least the lead single that, that they've put out. They have followed in that like Fallout Boy. Yeah. At the disco Which Haley Williams has great taste in music. She did like an Instagram live or something, where she was playing like a bunch of songs that she just loves, and she did um, whatever happened by the Strokes was one yeah. of my favorite songs, and I was just like, wow, I already love this girl, and now she's like the girl of my dreams. Like, <laughs> she's like fr- she's friends with Casey Musgraves. That's they, awesome. They've performed each other's songs. Um. That would be yeah. I would I would I mean I would listen to that for sure. I mean, I call I kind of call Paramore Haley and the Williams just because yeah. it's like a, she's the centerpiece and like the it's band like has changed the disco around her. It's like Brandon Urie and Brandon the, and the Panics, Uri's. right? Like yeah. but they're following that same formula of like we yeah. were an emo pop band and now we're going to switch and just become a pop band and it works for them. Fall yeah. with Fallout Boy. But yeah, I'm interested. I'm gonna see what Blink does. I'm ready for my <laughs> new Blink album. Let's go. Well, see if your boys the Killers do something too. Oh yeah. God, that's funny. I didn't know if you remembered saying that that they're the most like that they're the best. I remember band of your generation. I remember listening to that new album in twenty twenty <laughs> and being like, "Fuck, they are the best band of this generation. They're, good. they're so good. They just his, make bangers uh, after bangers." His solo album's pretty good too. It's yeah, like very Americana. I agree. Yeah. Is it not going to deny my love? That's a song. That's Time a keeps Flowers. ticking. Is that the one? That's a brand of the Flowers. clock keeps ticking. Uh, yeah, solo. Fucking great stuff. That shit makes me cry. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thanks for stopping through. Uh, Keeping up with the Coens, uh, yeah. everything else you got going on, dance parties? Uh, Yeah, dance party January 29th, I think. Whatever the last Saturday in January. Speakeasy <laughs> dance party, 92,000s music, keeping up with the Coens. An OC rewatch podcast, if you're into the OC, like Harold and I are. Uh, we'll be coming back, I think, in late February, early March, maybe. <laughs> Depends on Dylan. He's never got a give child. a yeah. Never give a, a definite timeline. He's got a child, <laughs> and we're kind of working with his timeline. But I'm ready to watch. He's never watched season four, and we're doing season four next. That was one of the biggest shocks. Whenever yeah. I was listening to your show, and he was like, "I've never," and he's always just agreed with you guys when you talk uh-huh. about season four. I was like, "I never noticed that. He never had input." Yeah, uh, I'm excited for him and for me to rewatch season four. <laughs> I love season four of the OC. I think it's underratedly great. It is just. A bizarre season, to say the least. Shout out to HTO. Sponsor Harold's podcast. Y'all need to sponsor us. Shout out to HTO. <laughs> that was such a gross sound. <laughs> that wasn't the T. That was me. Uh-huh. Great stuff. Love you, HTO. <laughs> My favorite discovery of 2021. That is definitely the GOAT discovery, and Ryan got me hooked on HTO for sure. Go ahead and sponsor us, fellas. Uh, man, anything else you got uh, going on that... No, I think that's about it. Keep a, a follow him on, on the socials. See what he's got going on, y'all. There you go. Uh, Mr. Ryan Drake, appreciate it. Always starting the year off right. Thank you, Harold. I love doing this, and I love <laughs> you, and you're the best person I've ever met. Thank got you. Uh, 
Well, yeah, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. It's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye.